The fear of hunger and being hangry is really something else. Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. This weekend, this Sunday was really a moment between me and my boyfriend where I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but the people who get it, the people who get that fear of hunger get it and the people who don't just don't. And so I've had friends and boyfriends who've never had an issue with food. And honestly, I prefer it that way. I love it when the people who are close to me in my life are super carefree and easygoing about food because I'm neurotic as it is the way I am in general about life. And I'm still on the neurotic side when it comes to food. So when there's a friend or a significant other that's super relaxed about it, it just puts me at ease. Before I get into the story, I have something super exciting to announce. It's something I've never done before, and I wanted to try it out in the new year. It is a monthly collective for anyone who just wants an extra layer of loving support as they're finding their way through their food freedom journey. So if you're someone who's trying to dabble into intuitive eating, you're trying to stop binge eating on your own and you've read the intuitive eating book, you've listened to the podcast and you just want an extra layer of support, you will have access to that through this collective and you'll have access to me every single week. This will be a close knit. I'm capping this collective at 10 people and every single week, every single Monday, you will have a live Q&A with me. So I'll be on a Zoom call with you at a specific time on Monday, and every single Monday we get together, we get to be really vulnerable, we get to share the challenges with each other, and we'll be able to also celebrate the wins and give each other a virtual hug. You can join the collective for free for that first week, so you can hop on a live call with me and the other ladies who are already in it. And right now, it's a very, very exclusive group. And again, I'm only opening this up to 10 women. And so join before it closes. If you find yourself loving that first week and you want to hop on, it's a monthly subscription. So it's a flat fee that just recurs every single month thereafter. And again, this is so lovely. You get live calls with me and a close-knit group of other women for 30 minutes each week. It's a new offering in my suite of offerings, and it's much more accessible than my private one-to-one coaching and even my group coaching program. So if you want a really accessible option and weekly check-ins with me live and other people who are in similar shoes, this is going to be the best accessible option for you because I want to support you and I want to keep it a close, tight-knit group. And this way we get the best of both worlds. I cannot wait for you to join me in that trial week period, that free trial week. The link will be in the show notes below. So give it a look. Every single month, one of the live calls will be a masterclass. And the masterclass will be anything to do with self-esteem, body image, self-worth, self-sabotage, intuitive eating, binge eating, 
we will really dive in. These masterclasses will be getting into the nuances of each of these topics, and I will relate it back to how you feel about your body. I will relate it back to how you feel about food. You know how much of a self-help junkie I am if you watch my stories. Every single night, I am reading a book. I have about 15 books on my desks, and sometimes I read it all together (laughs) at the same time, one chapter for 10 minutes, and then I hop on to another book. And I will be compiling all of my knowledge from all of these books into these masterclasses, and they will be the most salient topics that relate back to food and body. So get ready for some self-worth, self-confidence, self-esteem masterclasses every single month. I am so excited and I hope to see you there inside soon. All of the information will be down in the show notes of this podcast and it is going to be so incredible, so incredible. So case in point, my boyfriend, he is the most chill about food. He really couldn't care less about what we eat or when we eat. He never seems to feel hungry. He could just wait for ages. And when it's dinner time, it's dinner time. Whereas on the flip side, I feel like I have a very small window of about an hour, an hour and a half, where if I don't eat within that window, I will not be a pleasant person to be around. This is much, much, much better than I was in the past. In the beginning of my binge eating, disordered eating recovery journey, if I didn't eat at 6 p.m. on the dot, I would literally explode. I would explode and yell at my parents. I would explode at anyone who would listen. If it was not 6 o'clock sharp, I would not be an okay person. I was like a different person, Jekyll and Hyde. But now I have an hour and a half window. which is to me such a win. And for those who are close to me, especially my boyfriend, he will also say, wow, Elise, you've really changed. We can eat at 7.30 now and you're okay. We can eat at six, you're fine. We can eat at heck, 7.45 and you're probably still gonna be okay. So pat on the back, pat on the shoulder if you're someone who has been feeling more comfortable and more flexible with the timing of food and not becoming this monster that you don't even like yourself. So fast forward to this weekend on Sunday morning, he woke up and first thing he said was, I want breakfast. And I thought, okay, I'm not that bothered by it, but let's, let's go out and get breakfast. And you know, I have a dog and so I have to feed her, walk her, poop her, um, get my tea boiled and in my thermos. I have like a 10 step morning process. (laughs) So already he's very patient with me. So finally we make it out the door. We get to the local farmer's market and he had this one street stall in mind, this food stall, and he wanted dim sum. And at the farmer's market that we go to near Stanford, there is that dim sum stall. And so we get there and it takes about 15, 20 minutes. And already he's like really excited And I'm someone that loves farmer's markets. I just love the energy of seeing people and everyone's so excited. Everyone's so relaxed, just trying to get some veggies and get some produce. And I'm looking at all the things. And I just want to soak in that Sunday morning energy of just wholesome vibes all around. And I'm just walking around and I know he's on a mission. He is like eyes on the prize, ready for his dim sum. And we walk through this um, Mexican food stall. We walk through a stall that's selling naan and curry. And mind you, the naan was already prepared and it was looking good. It was looking round and fresh and bubbly. 
And then there was a crepe stall. And then there was a bakery and everything was there except for the dim sum stall. And I could see he was crushed. He was so crushed. And we're just walking around trying to find a second option. But already his face is falling flat. I feel like he's spiraling inside. And I look up and there's this really famous bagel shop. And if you watch my stories on Instagram, you know where I was. I knew that it was like the most hyped bagel shop in the area and I've always wanted to try their bagels I they're just like the neighborhood staple so we walk up and we punch in our order and we sit down and already he's so defeated he doesn't really want the bagel he just wanted his warm hot dim sum and so our number was 59 and they were at like number 29 I'm sure you can imagine how long the wait was and I've been there I've been in that situation before where by the time I I'm already on the drive to the restaurant. I am hungry and unhappy. <laughs> I'm already hangry. I'm probably getting really shaky and woozy and like unfocused and distracted. Like all I can think about is the food. He was at that point while on the car ride there. And as we were sitting down waiting for a bagel and there were 30 people in front of us, I could just I could just see his frustration. Like a pin could drop and he would explode. And I've had that happen where if I didn't get to eat the thing that I wanted to eat and then I did wait for a thing I didn't want to eat, you could bet that I was already exploding. Like I was going to talk about everything wrong in my life. I would bring up all of the grievances I've ever had and just be the worst person to be around. And that was the first time he's ever experienced that. And he asked me, he was like, Elise, is this what you help your patients with? Like, did you go through this? And in my mind, I was like, yes. In the height of the worst of it, for me and my patients, we're thinking this, we're feeling these extreme levels of hunger all throughout the day. And you've probably experienced this in the height of maybe your disordered eating or eating disorder. You were so numb that you couldn't really feel the hunger. But once your body was retaliating, once your body was on the binge side of things, then the hunger was like full out 1000% the loudest it's ever been. And so in the, in the peak of restriction, you can be a robot and numb it out. But once your body has had enough and you're on the road to recovery, or at least you're allowing yourself to eat again, then you just feel so ravenous. And so at the peak of things, I experienced that multiple times throughout the day, especially around mealtimes. I was the most sensitive around mealtimes. And I would be like that if, again, dinner wasn't served at 6 p.m. sharp, I was a monster. And it took many, many years to actually get out of that cycle, maybe one of the wins in the beginning was, oh, at mealtime, I could be eating at 6.10 and not be bothered. And then another win would be like a few days later, maybe I ate something I didn't love, but I didn't feel awful about it. I didn't feel guilty that I ate it. I just ate it and moved on. Because I've also had occasions where I was forced to eat something I didn't like. This was um, back in high school at the peak of my restriction phase we sat down, I got like a gyro, a gyro, <laughs> and there was yogurt in it. And I wasn't eating dairy at that point. And on the menu, I'm sure I just overlooked the fact that there was yogurt. But when I was in my wrap, when I took that first bite, the guilt of the yogurt already being in my body was so immense that I started crying. I literally started bawling in the middle of lunch because I had one single bite of yogurt that I didn't want in my body. 
these moments of extreme sensitivity are so common. And again, when people get it, they get it. And you're like, ah, this is really validating. But also, you know how sucky that feeling is. So when you can step out of it and feel like you finally feel flexible with food, you finally feel at peace, being a little bit more fluid with your choices and your timing, man, is it a breath of fresh air. And when I was watching my boyfriend have this like spiraling moment, it felt like an out-of-body experience. It felt like I was looking at a previous version of myself as I was looking at him in that moment. And I felt so bad. I mean, I, again, me being my prepared kind of neurotic self brought my my usual breakfast. I microwaved my sweet potato, brought my nuts and had my hard boiled egg because I always have hard boiled eggs on hand. I brought all of that with me to the farmer's market because I always just have a backup plan. I always just have backup snacks or breakfast because if you know, in my previous episode, I don't like breakfast foods. So I just knew if there was a breakfast spot that he wanted to sit down at, I probably wouldn't want the food. Fast forward, I was sitting there when we were waiting for the bagels, I was chomping on my sweet potato and hard boiled egg and nuts. And I was feeling all happy. It was my usual routine. Things were fine. I was eating at a calm level of hunger. And when I finished, I was calm, just a calm, smooth hour of waiting for our bagels. (laughs) Whereas he was really, really flipping out. And at the end of it, he said, you know what? I'm just going to 30 minutes in, he's like, I can't do this anymore. So he walked to the nearest fast food restaurant. So on that block, there's a Jack in the Box. And he went to go get himself a morning breakfast at Jack in the Box and then came back, ate his Jack in the Box. And then 20 minutes later, we got our bagels. He was livid. He was going to blow up the place. For the first time ever, he told me, wow, Elise, if this is what you help people with, this work is really important. This intuitive eating, food freedom world, this stuff is really important because I can't imagine feeling like this more than once a year. (laughs) Just how funny is that? The fact that this is so bothersome. This is like the peak level of discomfort for someone who has never really experienced this. But at the height of our disordered eating, at the height of our dieting, this is us on a daily basis, on a meal by meal basis. And If we really think about it, we, I don't want to put the blame on us, but we are the creators of our path. We are the creators of our life. And in a way, we put ourselves in that level of discomfort. We allowed ourselves to sit in that intense level of discomfort for so long. But for someone like him, who's so normal with food, he would never allow himself to feel like that. That level of discomfort is unnecessary. To him, it's so unnecessary. It's unnecessary to be so hungry, to wait for so long. He would rather just be comfortably full and comfortably satisfied and eat when he's hungry and stop when he's full. To him, that's like a human right. But for a lot of us who are recovering, it's... um, It's just something that we've lost touch with and we haven't allowed ourselves to be comfortable. We haven't allowed ourselves to be calm around food. And I want to say that we can take the power back. If you've been really having a tough time with binging and then feeling intense levels of ravenous hunger and hunger is still something that you fear, I want you to say that it's a work in progress. Again, it took me, I don't even know, like 
three, four, five, seven years. It's been a very long process. It's only been really the past three years that I've become so much more calm with food. And yes, an outsider may look at me with my bag of backup breakfast options and be like, this this girl's a little strange. But to me, that's a huge win because I chose to be calm around food that morning. I chose to be prepared. I chose to have options so I didn't have to sit in discomfort. And you too can choose to be comfortable. You can choose to always feed yourself so you're never ravenous. You can choose to have backup options. You can choose to eat more frequently throughout the day so you're not getting to that hangry level of discomfort. You can choose how comfortable you want to be. And I challenge you to ask yourself, how comfortable do I prefer to be during the day? Do I prefer a little bit of hunger before meals? Do I prefer just a calm level of neutral, not even like bordering hunger? When would you like to eat your food? How would you like to feel before entering a meal? I think the power is up to you. You know your body best. For me, I like going into a meal on the very edge of calm to slightly hungry. That's just the way I like it. If I am more than that, then I can't really focus on the person in front of me. I can't focus on the conversation. In my experience, the worst thing is when I get to the restaurant, I'm already hungry and it's with a friend that I haven't caught up with in a long time and I can't even focus on the conversation. I'm literally just like eyes glued to the menu waiting for the waiter or waitress to come take our order and all I'm doing is like darting my eyes from the kitchen to like where we're sitting and like where's the waiter where's the waitress is our order coming are they taking our menu (laughs) that is not the way to be and you can choose to be more comfortable so the takeaway again is It's never great to feel uncomfortable and hungry and the fear of hunger is real, but you get to choose. You get to choose how comfortable you are. So take that with you into the next few days and ask yourself that. And I am so appreciative of every single one of you who listens to this podcast. I'm beginning to share more and more of my life and I'm just getting more comfortable with talking to you all about the little details in my life, my weekends, my boyfriend, my dog. And I hope you guys like that. I think getting a little bit more personal helps you understand who I am as a person. And hopefully that opens up the door for you to feel more comfortable sharing with me your life as someone who's in my audience, who I would love to get to know. I am so grateful for each and every one of you for allowing me into your ears. And if you found this episode helpful, I would so appreciate it if you went into Apple Podcasts, that purple app, and rated and reviewed. Even if you just click a rating, I would so appreciate that. And that way, this message spreads to more people, more eyes are able to see and find my podcast, and we can just spread the love, spread these fun stories, and keep on feeling more empowered in our everyday lives with food, because that's what it's all about. So I will see you all next week.